What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, A lot of people were very upset on the left. How? I mean, why would Ron DeSantis, he just, it's it's a joke, it's ridiculous that he would go on Twitter and announce his presidency. Really? Really? Um, I have a pretty good comparison that I'd like to pull out of the history archives and just show you exactly how smart Ron DeSantis was on Twitter last night. We'll do that in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about preborn. You and I have to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And that is that's seemingly uh, beginning to be a very large number. Um, it's a good description, of course, for the unborn, and that's where preborn comes in. I don't think there is anything that we could do that would garner God's protection and uh, God's forgiveness on us more than saving his children. And that doesn't mean just the babies, that means the mothers as well, and loving the mothers. Because of your generosity, Preborn's network of clinics has rescued over 200,000 babies by introducing their mothers through ultrasounds. Preborn receives no government funding. Uh, they are completely dependent on you and me, and it's 28 bucks for an ultrasound. They offer them to these women who are considering abortion. They offer them for free. It's about a, I think it's about an 80% chance that mom changes her mind. That's amazing. And it is life-saving work, and it goes on after the birth as well. They take care of mom and the baby. This is the work that we should all be involved in. Preborn.com slash Beck. You can go there and find out more about it. You could also make a donation. If you would, $28 could save a baby. Make a donation now. Preborn.com slash Beck. Or hit the keyword baby at pound 250. Pound 250 keyword baby. Sponsored by Preborn. Hello, Stu. How are you? Glenn, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I love technology. Yeah. I love technology. Anyone who tried to uh, do a show throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic remembers mm-hmm. the times like this. The golden yeah. p- pandemic technology where everyone was on Zoom calls and they would crash yeah. all the time. And yeah. Yeah. Ron yeah. Santos got a little taste of that. Yeah, last he night. did. That was fun. Uh, I got a little taste of it, too, because, you know, I don't have a phone. I mean, I have a phone, but I never use it. I mean, I, I had to go look for the phone last night because the platform is not available for iPads. Really? Yeah. So I couldn't get it. I had to go get the find my phone and then try to find platforms. And I'm look, I'm I am not a spring chicken here. Right. We, you know, I started a tech company mm. and I have no idea how to use this tech. No, you do no. not. You do not. And, and I wear it as a badge of honor, quite uh, honestly, that I don't have a phone. There was about 20 minutes there where it didn't seem like Elon Musk knew how to use it either. Yeah, it uh, was but- <laughs> uh, It was kind of really, really bad for DeSantis in a way. I mean, I joke about it. It's, look, no one remembers this if DeSantis does well. Right? Like, this is... Oh, yeah. You know, it's the no, same he's thing. going to remember this anyway. Yeah. They're going to remember him. second attention span. They're right? going to remember him as the first guy 
to ever use social media to announce a presidency and go directly to the people and not uh, to uh, either a crowd covered by mainstream media and take questions from those people yeah. on day one. In a live event. I mean, Live. I, there's not a lot of people who announce in, a, in an event where they take questions at all. Right. Right. I mean, that's not usually what you do. You t- it's very, very planned. You roll it out right. perfectly. And that didn't happen last night. You see the reason why that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. A 20-minute tech delay is one of the reasons why people yeah. don't do it that way. But again, who cares at the end of the day? It's a minor blip on the radar. I mean, they, they, they had... Hundreds of millions of dollars poured into Obamacare and years to prepare, and they launched the site, and it didn't work for weeks. Well, and, it's working no as well. Now it's working as well as the uh, the electric buses that schools are exactly. getting all over the country. Exactly. Okay, so um, let me just say this about DeSantis and what he just did. I think this was a brilliant move. Uh, Elon Musk is not a Republican. I'm not even sure if he's a conservative, but he believes in the Bill of Rights, at least so far. I mean, he describes himself as a moderate. I mean, how many conservatives do you know that describe themselves as moderates? Yeah. Very few. Very few. Um, And Elon Musk is exactly the kind of guy that you need uh, to be able to expand the base. You have to take the base from conservatives and get the independence and also get the youth. Here is, do you remember what, uh, let me pull this out of the history vault. Do you remember what the genius move was by Bill Clinton? Arsenio Hall. Arsenio (laughs) Hall. I remember that. Arsenio Hall and MTV. Mm. And he was the first president to go on MTV. He was asked about boxers or briefs. Yeah. And I remember at the time, we're like, the pre- you asking the president that? What? And of course, the left loved it. Oh, my gosh. Why did they love it? Because he was going to the new tech. He was going to the younger base for the first time. Bob Dole wasn't going on MTV. He wasn't going on Arsenio Hall. And he went on Arsenio Hall, and what did he do? He played his saxophone. This is the Arsenio Hall or the MTV moment, and it's a, it's a conservative that is doing it. It is a conservative that is getting rid of... Th- this is the exact... This is what conservatives should be. Conservatives are supposed to be the guardians of all of the things in our society that are traditional and have value. Progressives are the ones that are supposed to be looking towards the future. Okay? You need both sides because if you just jettison all of the things that are good in a society, you get America 2023. We are jettisoning everything that is good. There's some things that should be thrown out. Here is a conservative saying, you know, the mainstream media is not needed anymore. I don't need to talk to both sides when it comes to the media. I'll talk directly to the people. You know, um, he's the really, I think, the first politician 
that just ignores the mainstream media. He's not trying to get in with anybody. He doesn't, you know, he's, he's not like, oh, maybe this time the New York Times is going to be nice to me. He's just like, screw you. I don't need you. That's a massive shift. And if it works, that is the end of the uh, network system and the big media. Because if, if, it, if it works and he becomes the president of the United States, I don't think he's calling on them. That'd be nice. Kick him out of the front row for once. It, you know, it's, it was interesting watching the coverage of this thing last night. I mean, let me let me give you some of the just it's all snark. This is just from the New York Times reporters. Like, mm-hmm. listen to some of these these points that they made during the Twitter uh, Spaces conversation. DeSantis is a no on central bank digital digital currency for the Americans wondering about that. That's uh, Jonathan <laughs> Wiseman. A lot of Americans are wondering about that. And like, I will admit, and I think it's true. That the American people generally are not talking about a central bank digital currency. No, but, but anyone who is informed. Yeah. And you know who is? People who are definitely voting in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Right. That's who he's speaking to. here. He mm-hmm. wants people who, who might vote in the Republican primary Correct. to know he's on top of these issues. Right. This whole audience here, Glenn Beck program, knows a lot about it. You talk about it all the time. And a lot of times this is where these stories start. Right. They start. As something that, you know, you bring up and we talk about for a while and no one knows what it is. I mean, Common Core, uh, you know. Common Core, uh, which was nobody was talking about. It's a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, turns out to be true. And uh, you the have ESG reset. and the, the Great ESG. Reset. It's a conspiracy theory. It's not happening. Oh, it's true. It doesn't matter. Done. Everything over and over and over again. And now they're doing it with cryptocurrency. Yeah, that, that was another one they talked about um, in here. Uh, if you're wondering how this event is going, now they're talking about Bitcoin. Like these are <laughs> This is the coverage from New York Times reporters that are supposed to be telling you the facts about what's going on. We could go on for hours here, Sachs says, in what is hopefully not a warning. Like, oh my gosh. It's incredible. Like It was all... Uh, so who, uh, would not have had debanking on my DeSantis presidential campaign kickoff bingo card. Like, what? What is this? Is this coverage? Dana Lash, a major gun rights activist, is speaking about the activist-guided financial institutions and ESG investing. A little niche. A little niche. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, these are basically all in a row from these reporters. I'm not even cherry picking here. DeSantis denounces the accreditation cartels, which I'm guessing is the first time that phrase has been used in a presidential announcement. Like these are really important issues. They're just mocking them. I think half of them have no idea what they are. This is the New York Times. This is not some, you know, some left. This is not some bunch of left wing bloggers, supposedly. But you know what? Maybe they are. You know, I have to tell you, uh, you're going to love the show. If you're with Stu's mindset today, because my, my, we've apparently done some sort of Vulcan mind meld today yeah. because we're on exactly the same page. And uh, I think there is time to revive the scientific uh, method. And uh, I'm going to take you through that. It's, it's, it's really time to start using the scientific, scientific method because you will see how wrong they are and why everything is falling apart now in America. I also am uh, going <laughs> to go in quite deep next hour 
with the Hunter Biden. Did you see the Hunter Biden uh, whistleblower from Monday? It's amazing. I can't believe that's uh, happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is a new whistleblower from the IRS. CBS News, the evening news, did like three and a half minutes on it. <laughs> they haven't even mentioned Hunter Biden. They did three and a half minutes, and this guy, CBS, presented him as credible, uh, presented it as a big deal, uh, and it is, it, this could be the thing that makes all of it come undone, because this involves the DOJ. The IRS is saying, the whistleblower at the IRS said, I, can't, I just couldn't live with myself anymore. He said every time we would start doing our job, the DOJ would come in and say, you got to do this. And it would always fall in favor of the suspect. He couldn't say it was Hunter Biden. Um, He said of the suspect that we were investigating every single time. He said they finally uh, he said I had a red line in in me and he said they crossed it. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. This, this is corruption now. Uh, and uh, this, this thing could take the entire administration down. I, you know, we said this before. Yep. This is the type said of weird the thing. first yep. time. Yeah, the, it's the type of weird story that no one pays attention to when it happens, but could wind up blowing up an entire administration. Because you know what? We, we talked about the press conference that they had uh, with the the committee, and it was like, okay, here's the flow chart, and here's the banking records, and blah, 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 blah. Here's the easy thing. You can summarize it for everybody, and everybody understands it. You don't fire people that are investigating your son, hmm. right? It's so blatantly obvious. Well, that the, why, if, why? If the, he if, got away with it in, in Ukraine, he f- I know. Had got the f- he got the prosecutor fired and everyone cheered. I know, but it, it, this is li- this is different. The prosecutor in Ukraine, people don't understand. This is a, a story where like it's his own son. He controls the people who were investigating him, and he fired everyone responsible for it. I mean, that is it's so clear to everyone that that is wrong. I know, and it's not the worst thing he's ever done. He's done much worse stuff than that. But it's so clear to everyone. You can explain it in one sentence. I mean, I bet they're scared of this one. If if it played out the way it seems like it did. So uh, Ron DeSantis is joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to talk to him about the economy. I want to talk to him about the deep state and all of this stuff. When I, when I show you next hour, what is coming down the pike? What the the Democrats have coming against them. Uh, it's shocking the corruption that is happening. Uh, that will do next hour. Ron DeSantis joins us in just a couple of minutes. Stand by first. Let me tell you about Rough Greens. How often do you find yourself just going through the motions when it comes to feeding your dog? Bowl is empty. Grab the old bag of kibble and just fill her up, right? But is that healthy for your dog? You could be buying really good kibble. But everything that is in a kibble bag has to be uh, sterilized to the point to where it can sit on a grocer's shelf for two years. There ain't anything alive in that. So Rough Greens puts all of that stuff that's been cooked out back into your kibble food. Rough Greens, full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. 
Your dogs love it. At least my dog does. Everybody I know who has a dog who has tried this, they say the same thing. My gosh, my dog just wolfs this stuff down. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement you put on your kibble food. You'll get your first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN33. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. RoughGreens.com slash Beck, 833-GLEN33. 10 seconds, station ID. Now, uh, let's not uh, kid ourselves if you are, were excited about Ron DeSantis yesterday. He has a lot of work in front of him to get past Donald Trump in the primary. Oh, yeah. Every poll shows that he is way behind Donald now, Trump. The polls aren't all that important right now. I mean, he just no. announced yesterday, and it's important to keep that in mind. But Donald Trump has proven to be a very good campaigner, especially against Republicans. Yeah. And, you know, just fundamentally, the guy is the former president of the United States. Yeah. He, he enters this race as the overwhelming favorite. Full overwhelming. Stop. I mean, yeah. he, he comes in with what's the floor for Donald Trump in a state? 35%? If, if you're starting at 35% in a field of what is going to be probably 20 people, you have a really good chance of winning. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really, really hard to defeat Donald Trump in this primary. And if he loses, you know, he, he it's his to lose. Let's put it that way. I agree. He can lose this thing. But like, if you were to say this, uh, Glenn, if you were going to do a draft pick here and pick the best month of campaigning that Donald Trump ever put together, I would argue the first pick of that draft is the last month of the 2016 election cycle where he had the uh, the tape, the Access yeah. Hollywood tape, and then he was like, holy crap, I better button myself up and not make any mistakes. Agree. And he that last month, he was solid. Mm-hmm. And he won that election. Mm-hmm. If he ran this primary like that month, he would have no chance of losing. So this is what I'm saying. He had, it is his to lose. He can easily lose it if he if he's sloppy, if he makes mistakes, if others are able to uh, cite his weaknesses. It would be hard for Ron DeSantis to overcome that. Um, but, you know, look, we know Donald Trump has not had every month like that. And so he is vulnerable. He can lose. But, man, he can't. People, I think, look at this as like, oh, it's DeSantis versus Trump. And it is in some ways because no one else seems to have a chance. No, you but remember what the Democrats did with Bernie Sanders? They, they cleared the field. They cleared the field, Mm -hmm. everybody off, Mm -hmm. so they could get the candidate they wanted because they were bifurcating all of the vote. And we're walking in with about 20 people, and that could bifurcate, it will bifurcate the the, uh, vote. Now, how long does that go on? If you have people that are hanging on till the bitter end, you you could hurt uh DeSantis yeah and you re- could hurt Trump and remember the media cycle itself is a wholly owned subsidiary of Donald Trump he runs it whatever he <laughs> says is the media cycle if he says something controversial Ron DeSantis will spend the rest of his day answering for whatever Donald Trump said yeah it is all yes. you know, he controls this media cycle and and that is such an incredible advantage so I mean, it, so right now it's going to be difficult for the DeSantis. Poll, the poll numbers stand at fifty-six Trump, 
DeSantis 25. Um, however, if you go head to head with uh, uh, Biden, it shows a different story than the general election. Biden, I don't believe I just don't believe this. But Biden still beats Trump 48 to 46. Two percent point uh, margin unchanged since the last time Quinnipiac did the poll. Meanwhile, DeSantis narrowly edges out Biden 47 to 46 in the general. And that is up again when you have a poll this early for a general election. There's very little value of it. I will say this. Um, you know, DeSantis could go way up from that or way down from that. That 48 number for Biden in a Trump-Biden campaign is pretty solid. It's yeah. not going to move much from 47, 48%. Obviously, you can win when your opponent has 47 or 48%, but the window is small. DeSantis could do much better than that, but also could do much worse. He hasn't been tested here. We're about to see. He's about to jump into that fire as he did last night, and yep. uh, it's going to be an amazing next year of this. As he jumps into our skillet. There we go. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, Ron DeSantis coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, some breaking news, though, from GenuCell. They've upgraded their most popular package, featuring their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer for 70% off. Why waste time and money to go get work done to your face when you can go get GenuCell skincare shipped right to your door? Here's a GenuCell review from Robert in Blessing, Texas. I purchased GenuCell as a gift for my girlfriend. She said she saw results fast, so we joined their concierge program immediately. It's honestly the best skincare she's ever used, and she's extremely impressed. Her skin is noticeably softer and smoother. She was already beautiful, and GenuCell has made her even more beautiful. GenuCell's secret is a family recipe going back over 20 years. It's safe for all skin types and perfect for both men and women. You can check it out today and see what GenuCell can do for you. Visit GenuCell.com slash Beck and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package featuring their ultra retinol and GenuCell firming serum. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck and get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package order, plus a free upgrade to priority shipping. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck right now. GenuCell.com slash Beck to save over 70% at G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. All right, America. Ron DeSantis joins us next. And you can see it all on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida announced yesterday, he is uh, formally announced that he is running for president of the United States. And so it begins uh, and it's going to be an interesting 18 months. Uh, Welcome to the program, Governor DeSantis. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Enjoyed it. Not the first 20 minutes. That must have been incredibly frustrating. Uh, for you uh, with the technical problems, but uh, it was the largest audience gathered on uh, Twitter. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was just kind of sitting in, in Tallahassee. Like, I, I didn't really know what was going on because they Twitter handled all of that, and they were just getting so many people uh, above and beyond what they've ever gotten that I think it kind of melted melted the servers, yeah. but they were able to, to correct it, and we were able to, to do an announcement that uh, I think, you know, obviously I laid out the case at the beginning for, for five or six minutes, but then we were able to, to talk about actual issues that, that people uh, should care about, and um, I think it's now up to eight or nine million people have viewed it across some of the the platforms that have that have featured it and obviously when elon's involved you get a lot of buzz out of it so we're getting huge feedback and raising money and doing all that uh which is great we were talking uh earlier today Stu and i about about this choice that you have always had this approach where you don't care what the new york times says you're not sitting down trying to get you know a a puff piece out of the New York Times, you know, you're not going to get one. So you, you just ignore them. And I think that's re- I think that's really, really smart, but very different. This, too, I think is going to be remembered as the Clinton MTV or uh, or uh, Arsenio Hall program. This is really smart to do. Does this uh, is this a sign the end of the mainstream media going right straight to people? Well, I think what Elon's done is he's opened up Twitter. I mean, the social networks, when they first came on the scene, had a lot of potential because we could go around legacy media and we could converse with ourselves. And that was a big threat to them. And so they really helped lobby uh, companies like Facebook to start censoring and then it got to the point where not only were they trying to enforce a narrative, the tech companies were colluding with federal agencies like the FBI and the CDC to censor and stifle dissent. Uh, and so Elon, I think, has put his money where his mouth is, gotten one of those platforms and opened it up. So I think open platforms are good for conservatives because it allows us to go around the filter. Uh, but I do think we have a huge battle on our hands about tech censorship writ large. What Elon's done is great, but how many people are worth $250 billion where they could afford to just wait, you know, put $54 billion down to buy a social platform? Um, and so tech censorship, I think, is going to continue to be an issue. Uh, I think we've not dealt with it in Florida. We're going to do more as, as president, of course, to make sure that the First Amendment actually means something, because you can't let the government subcontract out censorship to Silicon Valley yeah. and say you still have a First Amendment. Okay, so so let me talk to you about the, the government. FBI, DOJ, IRS, NSA, CIA, ATF, Everything, even the Capitol Police now are an intelligence gathering agency. How do you even run a campaign when you know the all of government approach to the last election? Um, How do you how do you if you win, how do you dismantle this? Because it's it's almost like a unplug it and plug it back in and reset it to factory settings. I mean, it's cleaning house. And I think that this is this is a fundamental problem. So we will look at like an example of weaponization, which is obviously many examples. Uh, but that's kind of the end point. Like, why are we here? And the reason that we're here is because uh, we have these agencies that have been detached from constitutional accountability. There was never supposed to be a fourth branch of government, but Congress has not held them accountable with the power of the purse or with legislating more precisely. And presidents have not been willing to wield Article II power to discipline the bureaucracy. So I think I'll come in and on day one, we'll be spitting nails 
I understand and all your listeners should understand that if we do everything right, if we're disciplined, if we're strong as anyone could be, it still takes a two-term project. I think it takes eight years to be able to reconstitutionalize this government. But the question it raises is, do we govern ourselves or do we not? Because right now, the most significant issues tend not to be resolved by our elected representatives. They're done by these bureaucrats and through these agencies. And so it's really I think, a crisis of self-government. Now, what you have with uh, lack of accountability, you just have a consolidated, uh, consolidation of power amongst people that all have the same worldview. And so their worldview is different than our worldview, and they view people like us as, as factions that they want to exert power over. And so the weaponization, I think, flows from, from human nature. So what would I do, you know, day one? First of all, I already, already said new FBI director, day one. That is a no-brainer. You've got to do that. I'll have an attorney general that has a backbone, uh, an attorney general that recognizes if you are doing your job properly, you are going to be pilloried by the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN. And so if that's not something that you're, you're comfortable with, then don't even apply for this job. Understand you're going into the lion's den. These people do not want to give up this power willingly. And so they're going to smear you. They're going to attack you. So I think getting the personnel right, uh, if you can't do that, then it's just not going to work at all. Second thing, I think, is you've got to be willing to use Article II authority to its fullest extent. The idea that some FBI agent can collude with a tech company to censor like Hunter Biden, you should be firing these people. You have the authority to do it. Yes, it'll be contested. They'll sue you. Uh, but who gets the, the Article II power? The person that wins the Electoral College or some middle managing bureaucrat um, in the IRS or, or the FBI? So asserting that authority, uh, making sure that you have political control over those agencies, that is a huge battle. Uh, it's something you got to be disciplined about. It's something you got to be strategic about. Uh, but I th- and it's not something that anyone's really tried to do because you know it, these are tough fights. I mean, right. it's like trench warfare, and you got to be ready on day one. And we will. And incidentally. Who's the attorney general? Very important, but it's also important who's in you know a step or two below that across all these agencies. And I think you need to have thousands of people ready to go. Uh, so are you? Thinking, on- you know, one of the things that really bothers me about the Republicans is the Democrats were game gaming and putting everything in into. Uh, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, the Obama bill, when he walked in, that thing was 2000 pages long. They had worked on that for years. Are you assembling teams and talking about what to do? And so you could just launch if you would win. Absolutely. And so, first of all, uh, we're working with allied conservative organizations who are already collecting resumes from people around the country. And I'll, I will have a message if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Nevada, I'm going to say, look, some of you who are in this audience, you may need to pick up your family and move to Washington, D.C. for two, four, six years, because you can't just recycle everybody from D.C. No. It's not going to change if that's the case. And so you really need to have most of these people descending on D.C. Uh, from outside 
inside the country. What we're also going to do is um, I'll issue a directive to all these agencies that they need to reduce the footprint of their agencies in D.C. by at least 50 percent. Oh, my gosh. Uh, because, because I think what's happened is, you know, the, growth, the, the government, the size of it is one thing, of course, but the consolidation of it in Washington, I think, has been totally toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a place in Washington, D.C., it votes 95 percent Democrat. Um, I think Trump got four or five percent of the vote in 2020. And so this is totally not represented, representative of the public as a whole. Um, and I think the founders would look at that and I think they would see like that is a huge, huge problem. So, cons- so uh, dispersing power out of D.C., yes, reducing the government overall, but whatever government you have, we want less consolidation in D.C., and I think that that will make a difference. So, Governor, the one thing that Donald Trump will have going for him in spades is the economy. People will trust him on the economy. He's already done it once. He's known as a businessman. Um, What are you bringing to the table uh, to this all-out war on the American dream Corporations have been weaponized, red tape, all of the stuff that's going on. You'll have the Fed against you, the big banks. How do you change the economy? Well, look, I would I would just say push back a little bit. I mean, I think he did great for three years, but when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. And in Florida, we were one of the few that stood up, cut against the grain, took incoming fire from media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans, had schools open, preserved businesses. And so Florida, since COVID, has outperformed virtually any state in the country when you look at all these significant metrics. I mean, we're booming. We've got people moving in here. Uh, wealth is coming in here. And so I think when people look back, you know, that 2020 year uh, was yeah. not a good year for the country as a whole. Uh, it was a, a situation where Florida st- started to stand alone. So I think that that's important contrast. Now, going forward, yes, you rip up what Biden's done on day one with things like energy. They are trying to price middle-class people out of having a middle-class standard of living. We're not going to force people to buy electric vehicles. Uh, we're going to make sure that people have a choice to have affordable transportation. Uh, we absolutely reduce uh, federal spending. We're going to fight with the Congress on that. I mean, I think the debt has gone up under both Republican and Democrat. I mean, we act like it's just Biden, you know, went up $8 trillion, the debt under Trump as well. And so we've got to stop doing that. That has absolutely driven the inflation since March of 2020 with all the borrowing and spending. I also think we need to have the Federal Reserve focus on stable money and stop trying to be the economic central planner. You look at how much money they've printed since COVID, of course you're going to get inflation uh, when that happens. So you need a major overhaul uh, with the Federal Reserve. And And then, yes, fighting woke capital. Woke capital is absolutely bad for the average American because they're pursuing an ideological agenda to achieve ideological left-wing goals uh, that are going to make it harder for the average American family to make ends meet. Um, May I ask you a a question? First of all, we are doing um, uh, sit-downs with each candidate. You've already done one, but as governor, not as a candidate. Will you sit down uh, and just talk about your policies with me? Um, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Would you, would you be for uh, a, a uh, de- 
debate or a roundtable uh, hosted by, for instance, us that would not necessarily get the backing of the Republicans. I think the Republican Party is uh, controls these debates so much that we keep going back to the mainstream media. And I don't understand well, they, why. They, you guys should absolutely do a debate, and the RNC should sanction it. I mean, here's the thing, Glenn, with, with, with corporate media. They, they, some will say, because I say they shouldn't be involved in our process because they're, they're hostile to, to us as Republicans. Mm-hmm. They have a partisan agenda, which is fine. It's a free country. And people say, oh, well, you just don't want them to ask Republicans tough questions. No, their gotcha questions are not tough questions. Their questions are designed to further a narrative. Correct. Their questions, though, are not illuminating to Republican primary Correct. voters because Correct. they're not one of us. And so when you have people who live in kind of our world, you are going to be asking the tougher questions. They're not going to be gotcha questions, but they're going to be substantive and they're going to require candidates to actually go beneath a talking point to talk about their vision for the country on these various issues. And so I think you guys should do it. You know, I'd love to be a part of it, but I absolutely think the RNC should sanction it uh, because you've seen what happened in 2015 or 16 with some of those debates. It was a mockery uh, what what these legacy media outs are doing. And their whole goal is to try to make the Republican candidates look as as ridiculous as possible. Right. They do not want us to be to look like, you know, we're serious people. Uh, they want to be able to plow the field to get Biden reelected. So we know that that's our, their agenda. So why would you want to give them uh, right. a platform to be able well, to be involved in our process? I can tell you in Florida, we had four congressional seats that were open seats. Republicans ended up winning and there were primaries in all of them. We sanctioned debates with the state party um, and we had conservative uh, journalists and moderators doing the debates. And guess what? They were great substantive debates and the issues that people actually care about in our party were discussed. Well, I will tell you that uh, as we took a stand for Harmeet Dillon, we didn't make uh, any friends at the GOP national level. But um, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Congratulations on uh, the rollout yesterday. Uh, we look uh, look forward to hearing more from you um, and uh, all the best. Now, we'll definitely sit down with you, and I'd love for all your folks out there, invest with us at rondesantis.com. We'd love to have your support. I pledge, you nominate me, we will win, we'll go in on day one, and we'll get all this done. Very good. Thank you very much, Governor. God bless. Thanks. God bless. All right. Ron DeSantis, more on this in uh, coming up in just a minute. First, let me tell you about LifeLock. You and I both know that cyber criminals can ruin your life. But did you know they can also hurt your feelings in the process? A lot of time, they're stealing all that information of yours, you know, the stuff that will make your world crumble into dust, and they're selling it on the dark web for like 10 cents. I mean, it's a little insult. You're going to destroy my life. Can you charge, I don't know, even a buck? It's important to understand how cybercrime identity theft are affecting your life. No one can stop it, but I think the best in the business is LifeLock. Join now. 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. The Glenn Beck Program.
Hey, if you're someone who takes shooting seriously, you know that getting good requires a lot of practice. And a lot of practice used to mean, you know, spending money on ammunition, a lot of it, and going to the range and paying all those fees. Well, until iTarget came along, that's the way it was. Now it's different. If you've seen these competitive shooters practice on TV, these timing drills or on the range, you can do that type of thing at home you know, without firing actual ammunition. You're not going to waste all that money. You're not going to put holes in your walls. Um, this is iTarget Cube. And iTarget Cube, you have, uh, if you don't know what iTarget Pro is, you have these laser bullets that go in your real weapon uh, and you fire them um, and it will show your accuracy. Well, iTarget Cube takes this to the next level. You can get a three pack for a truly unique training experience and you put these things around your house. You connect them to your Wi-Fi and it's like a really fun game basically, but you're actually practicing and getting better uh, with your firearm. This is something that's really important. If you want to be a responsible gun owner, you need to know what you're doing. And this is, uh, you know, there's so many benefits of, of staying in practice. Uh, and you can do this with iTarget Pro without any of the drawbacks. Try it. Uh, right now you can save 10% uh, plus free shipping with the offer code Blaze10 when you go to iTargetPro.com. iTarget comes in all the most po popular calibers, so you can train with really pretty much any, any firearm. Check it out. It's itargetpro.com. The letter I, targetpro.com. The code is Blaze10. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, my just initial thoughts, rock solid. Yeah, this is a guy who deserves to be taken seriously and deserves to be yeah. in this conversation. He does not avoid hard questions. I loved his answer about the debates. Ask not gotcha questions, but hard questions. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. He's smart. He knows these issues. Uh, and look, his record in Florida deserves, uh, you know, this type of attention. This show went national because we were in Florida yeah. uh, during the election, during the hanging chads. Yeah. Uh, and how much did he win that that district? Oh, I don't remember the district, but he won the state by, what, 537 votes? Oh, yeah, but I think in Palm Beach County, I think he... I don't even remember. Creamed, Chris. I th oh, you're, you're talking about now with DeSantis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a guy. We started the show talking about hanging chads in Florida, and then DeSantis just won the state by 20 points. That's notable. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program.